Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is the son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Kadesh in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Dagwood Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. chapter 14, verse 17 to 24. And he sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden or that were invited, come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one accord or one consent or one agreement began to make excuses. So excuses are not new. You know, based on the different things I've had to be able to do in serving God that I had no previous experience or training or knowledge, I have come to see that what the Bible says is true, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and that anytime somebody wants to do something, he will do it. Anytime somebody doesn't want to do something, he will find an excuse. Excuses are found. Excuses are generated. Excuses are made up to justify why you don't do something that you know you should do. Yes, every excuse is a lie. Why you want to do something, you do it. How many of you have done something? Say that, hey, how could I have done this? Me, pa, how could I have done this? You can't do anything you want to do, good or bad. Hmm. You see in the Bible, that's, they all began to make excuses. The first one said, I have bought a piece of ground. I must go and see it. How many of you here have bought land you didn't see before? <laughs> like when you bought the land, then a few months later, you went to see the land you had paid for. It's not normal. A normal person doesn't do that. What if you don't like the land? You go and see the land, you negotiate, then you buy it. But look at somebody here who doesn't want to wake up and go for an invitation, a feast, a banquet that he's been invited. He said, I bought land. I'm now going to see at the time. Can't you postpone it to tomorrow? Do you go and look at land in the night? But it was in the night that been invited for supper, not breakfast, not brunch, not lunch. Supper is eating in the evening. He said, I'm going to look at land in the evening. And who advised you to go and look at land in the evening? Or during the dry season, always go and inspect land in the rainy season. Lest you go and buy a waterlogged land for your building projects. Always wait when it has rained. And also never buy a house in the dry season. Wait in the rainy season. When it's raining, then you go and inspect the house. See whether it gets flooded, whether the area is flood prone. Wager. Don't go and buy land in wager during the dry season. You see, when you come to church, there are so many tips you hear apart from the word of God. <laughs> Last year when it was raining, a friend of mine sent me a picture. Oh, 
her hall, you could put a boat in her hall, and the boat will float nicely. She has bought the land in the dry the house in the dry season. Anyway, they all with one consent began to make excuses. The first said, I've bought a piece of ground. I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excuse thee. Very polite. I pray thee, I'm begging you. Please have me excuse. People who give excuses very polite. I mean, the excuse they'll give you, it doesn't make sense. Oh. But the way they'll say it, with emotions. Hmm. I pray thee, have me excuse. The next person said, I have bought five cows for my job. Five yoke of oxen. They used to plow with their oxen. I have bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm going to check them out. I pray thee, have me excused. What if you go and check it and they are crippled cows? Who buys cows that he's not checked out yet? Every excuse, look, let me give you some advice for your life. Whether it's somebody giving you an excuse or you giving yourself an excuse, always accept that every excuse is a lie. I had a running stomach, I couldn't come to church. It's a lie. Take Imodium. If you really want to come, you take Imodium to instantly stop there, running stomach, and come. Add headache. You take Brufen. Anything you want. Look, if you had an interview at the United Nations and you had a running stomach, would you call them and say, I have a running stomach? Would you take four tablets of Imodium until you are constipated for five months to go and get that job? <laughs> yes. Look, I know, I know a girl. Eh? She's gotten a job at one of the. I can't mention the name of the bank, but at a certain bank, and she's pregnant. You see, a difficult pregnancy. I thought she would turn down the job because she doesn't come to check because she says pregnancy. She went for the interview. What? Pepe, pepe. Do you know Pepe, pepe? She went for the interview. Pepe. The one who is giving excuses. Oh, because when you hear where she's gotten the job, you understand why she put the pregnancy aside, go for the job, and then go back home. But when she doesn't want to come to church, she said, oh, because of my pregnancy, I have to be on bed rest. Anyway. I've got five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee. You should understand what I'm saying. Have me excused. But let me tell you something. God doesn't understand at all. That's why it's in the story. And then another said, I've married a wife. Therefore, I cannot come. Look, what is nicer than being married and then you are taking your wife for a dinner somewhere to go and show her off to the world? That's why wives must also dress nicely so that when they're going to show you off, there's something nice to show off. But that, that's what it's trying to show you off. We gauge who we should show you to and who we shouldn't show you off to. <laughs> yeah. We should be happy to show you off. Amen. Amen. Look at this guy to lying. You just married a wife. Everybody, when you marry a wife, you want to take her to dinner. You are... You, now you can't even afford the dinner. Now they're giving you a free dinner. You say you can't go. All excuses are lies. So that servant came and 
and showed his Lord these things they were saying. Then the master of the house, now this is God, being angry at the excuses, said to his servants, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. And the servants came back and said, it is done as thou commanded. Yet, there is room. God's house is not yet full. And the servant said, on, and the Lord said unto the servants, Now go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. You see, this verse explains to you why sometimes you may find out in the house of God people working with God and God working with people who you would not choose. Because the rich people who have lands and houses and wives said they won't come. Said they won't come. You ask yourself that if you go to the sides of the highways and those who live in hedges, what kind of people would you find there? But those are the people who responded to the invitation. So what you don't know is that when the, the moment you start condemning people that God is using, you are condemning yourself. Because you will not yield to the call of God. Because you don't want to do it. You give excuses. Amen. Look, look at what he went on to say. For I say to you, this now the Lord speaking, that none of those men that were invited shall taste of my supper. You see, you think that you've refused God or you've made an excuse for God, but what you actually don't know is that it is God who has rejected you at the end. And you do, a, do an experiment that if you reject God and God rejects you, who will lose? Think about it. You made an excuse why I cannot come to God. I cannot accept his invitation. Now, God is also saying at the end that those who rejected me, I have also rejected And I say unto you that none of those people who are invited and who rejected my invitation shall taste of my supper. Make sure you don't get to a place where God rejects you. You see, the first thing you understand is that God has invited us to a great supper. Something for your blessing. If you go to a party and you go and eat, into whose stomach does the food go? Is it God's stomach? Like, like the when you eat, then God becomes full. When you eat, then God is blessed. No. He said, come unto me. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God, look, God only has good motives for you. Nobody ever came to God and suffered. You see, it is when you go to a man that you may suffer. So that's how you may see pastors who are saying that, um, I came to serve you, you are disappointed. <laughs> you are not supposed to serve a man. You are supposed to serve God. When you serve a man, you will be disappointed. I, if you serve me, you will be disappointed. Even I am disappointed with myself. <laughs> how much more you? You will be more disappointed with me than I am even disappointed with me. You are not called to save me. You cannot save me. I cannot take you to heaven. I myself must work out my own salvation. You must save God through me or through me. You should save God, but, but not that you are saving me through God. You brought out the Bible to you to save me. The Bible was there before I was born. Amen. So you need to understand what it is we are doing. 
that God has invited us. The Bible says that the spirit and the bride say, come. Amen. Amen. Number two. <laughs> Anybody who serves a man will be disappointed. Number two. At the great feast, you will enjoy the milk of the word of God. First Peter 2.2. 2. Let's turn in our Bibles. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. He said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. How are you going to grow? Grow into all good things. When you have a baby, all that the baby needs is the milk. Everything is in the milk. You don't even need to give the, the baby water. Once the baby has milk, everything is in it. What does this mean for you? Everything you need for life and godliness is in the word of God. He said, I desire the sincere milk of the word of God. See somebody who doesn't value the word of God. The person is standard in his growth in the world. It's all about money. I mean, when I heard last week or last week that Bill Gates was getting divorced, I said, where, about where is he going to? <laughs> At your age, with your money, what are you divorcing for? And when you look at Bill Gates' face, you wonder that ah, such a person, like if God is not there, he is there. <laughs> it's true, I mean, he looks good. He doesn't look like Elon Musk. Elon Musk, that is like a bad boy small. But Bill Gates, there, he has a, a good boy look. But he's getting like his, like his wife says, I can't stay with him again. Then he like he has a girlfriend from Titi. Do you know Titi? From before he got married, there's some. You see, and you wonder that it looks like every human being is deficient. Apart from the word of God, your deficiencies will become only more pronounced. But it is the word of God that has a lot of looking at grow into good things. I mean, you see, look. Anybody you see struggling, check. You see a deficiency in the word of God in the person's life. What did he say? I, I am the word of God. Then he said, I have come to give you life. And that more abundantly. There's no lack in God. There's no poverty in God. There's no suffering in God. He came to take away. Look, what did he say? He said, come on to me. I will give you rest. You, you are struggling. I will give you rest. See anybody in perpetual struggle. Check the level of the word of God in the person. Stop blaming God and life. Blame yourself. The word of God will teach you how to be rich. The word of God will teach you how to have a stable marriage. The word of God will teach you how to be forgiven. The word of God will teach you how to grow in love. Everything is in the word of God. He said, desire the sincere milk of the word. You see, <laughs> that is why you should also be careful about the church you go to. I mean, one day I was watching some preachers on TV. Huh? When they start now singing, after singing, they began, they begin to pray. As I, I was watching that, uh, I don't hear John, Revelations, Peter, Jude, Matthew. Oh, you will certainly be deceived. Desire the sincere milk of the word. God is specific about what you should desire. The word is what brings good. Amen. Amen. At the feast, the first thing you get is the milk of the word of God. Every area of your life. You are struggling, check your word. In any area at all. You see that you are when you have the word of God in a particular area, that particular area of your life will grow. So maybe you are very strong in faith. But you see that you are poor. You may see that you are very strong in prosperity. But you see that you are sick. 
Because the word that will help you to be healed is different from the word that will help you to be rich. So that's what the Bible says, that let the word of God dwell in you richly. The more of the diverse and the different and the myriad and the various kinds of the word of God you have, the more your life will be more total and complete. The second thing you have at the feast is the bread. Jesus Christ said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh unto me and eats thereof shall not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. John chapter 6, verse 50 and 51. And the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eats... Oh, why have you come off? No problem. If any man eats of this bread, he shall live forever. So when you don't live forever and you go to hell, it's because you didn't eat of the living bread. But I see you going to heaven in Jesus' name. He said, and the bread that I will give you is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. You see, every country you go to, they eat bread. Bread is the most universal food in the world. You people in Ghana who eat chicken every day, fried rice and chicken, fried rice and chicken. Chicken, there are places where they don't eat chicken. In India, when I, when I didn't know, they eat chicken once a week on Sundays. So when we come to church, you know how you people in Lighthouse, we do it. You come to church on Sunday, you close at 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, midnight, one. Hey! In India, I can't do that because the only day they eat chicken is on Sunday. So when you don't eat chicken on Sunday, then you have to wait till the next week Sunday. And if the next week Sunday too, you are in church and they eat chicken for lunch. Like chicken, like a Sunday afternoon chicken is a major family tradition. Many families left the church because of chicken they cannot eat on Sunday. Yes. But not bread. You see, every country has their form of bread. In Ghana, I think Ghana, we probably have the most types of bread. Timber bread. We even have a bread called tim, tim, timber bread. Timber bread. Sugar bread. And what bread again? Brown bread. Wheat bread. And even within the wheat bread, Last night, my wife came with had bought, I think, six different kinds of wheat bread. Wow. And I said, ah, what are these? I said, no, the seeds in the wheat bread are different. Yeah. I just looked at it and said, wow. <laughs> Every country has a different kind of, those of you who I don't eat bread, biscuits is a kind of bread, yeah. but that is baked differently. Every country you go to India, Lebanon, Look, in Gambia, they have a certain bread called tapalapa. Look, if you don't eat it gently, by the time you finish the upper, your upper mouth is cracked. The, the outside is hard and the inside is soft. Oh, honestly, you, you will be surprised that the French Revolution started because bread was finished in France. Bread is so important that we cannot really live without it. And Jesus said, said, I am the living bread that a man may eat thereof and not die. Any man that eats of me, this living bread, this universal bread, he shall have everlasting life. Jesus was trying to teach us that my life is enough for any and every kind of person on earth. Whether a black man, a white man, a blue man, green man, yellow man, everybody eats bread, everybody can partake of my life. 
So this morning, as you come to the great feast, expect that the life of Jesus Christ will also benefit you in the name of Jesus. After you've drunk milk and had some bread, the next thing that you enjoy is the water of the word of God. Those of you who eat without drinking water, so you'll be full quickly. John 4, 14. Jesus said, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of life, springing up unto eternal life. One day I saw some people eating without drinking water. I said, why are you not drinking water? They said, no. If you drink water, I will be full. So don't eat. Then when they finish, before they'll sip some water until the rice is choking them in their throat, they won't drink water. But Jesus said, I am the living water that a man may drink and never thirst. You see, all human beings are thirsting after different things. Men are thirsting after women. The madness of a man is usually a woman. You see, a normal person Somebody said, you can see a 75-year-old man crying because that 18-year-old girl says, I don't love you. (laughs) It's a mystery of life. Even Solomon, the wisest man, said, the way of a man with them. He said, I've seen seven mysterious things of the world. The first one, the way of a man with a maid. I saw a brother. This is a famous story I told you. I saw a brother. His parents sent him to law school abroad. He did first year. Passed. Second year. Passed. Third year. Passed. Final year. Passed. No. Third year. Passed. In his final year, he met a girl. <laughs> this is true. Listen carefully. He met a girl. He passed, he met a girl in his first year, in his final year, second semester. Last semester to finish. Can you believe that this person, a Ghanaian, whose parents had sent him to law school abroad, did not write his final exam because the girl broke up with him. Up to today, he is not a lawyer. He didn't write the exam. So I called him. I said, what is going on with you? He said, said, my heart is broken. I can't learn. Last exam to become a lawyer, I said, you are mad. You will learn. He didn't learn. He didn't write the exams out of a broken heart. That's why Jesus said, look, if you drink of me, you will thirst again. The madness of the woman is also a man. Thirsting after me. One day, I started a ministry in the mental hospital. So Sunday morning, I'll go there at 7 o'clock and go and preach before going to church. My first Sunday, as I was walking, you know, where I was preaching was down from the gate. It goes straight down. Then I heard, foolish man. I thought it wasn't me. I was walking. I don't know anybody there. Stupid man. Foolish man. Look at your face. Swine. Fool. I thought it wasn't me. Then I think, there were about two or three voices. Then I think they saw I thought it wasn't me. You in the blue shirt today! You are a fool! 
The time that I saw it was me. Then the nurses I was going to explain to me, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> the, the nurses said, don't worry, don't worry. These women, their hearts have been broken by men. And that's why they're here. Like they've gone off because a man broke their heart. So like when they see you, you are representing men. <laughs> so all the insults, they cannot get the man to insult. You are the one who is their rep. They saw that view. So I went. Then when I was coming back up after my preaching, they were waiting for me because they knew that once I've gone down, I'll come up and do it. Hey! The thing I did, I got to call their friends that the representative is here. Idiots! They said, by that time, I was more experienced. It's okay. When you test after things on earth, they never satisfy. You see, most people who are gay, you see that a woman has broken their heart. We don't trust women again. Women, you, you hear people cannot say, all women are bad, but are all men good? Everybody is bad and everybody is good. Though. Everybody has good and bad in them. You see, see the women like money. Don't the men to like money? So stop blaming one another. The Bible says that if you drink of Jesus, the living one, you will never taste again. Never taste again. Let, look, let Jesus be your object. Let Jesus be your aim. Let Jesus be what you are looking for. You will never taste. Once it is a human being you are after, you will by all means be disappointed. The Bible says, cares be he that leans on the arm of flesh. Yes. Including you yourself. Can't you see that? New Year resolution. I'll never eat carbohydrates again. That's 1st January, 3rd January. I'll never eat. You see, anybody who says I don't eat carbs, don't mind them. When you hear carbs, don't mind them. When you hear carbohydrate, the person is a serious person. Carbs like some slang we to deceive ourselves. <laughs> Even you, when you rely on yourself, you fail. How much more somebody rely? That is why I want us to go to Jesus. He said, whosoever drinks of me shall never test again. It's true. You are relying on your father. Your father himself is not relying on himself. You think your father won't fail you. Your father is a human being. That is why Jesus said, call no man on earth your father. No one. No one can do it. Drink the water of Jesus. You see people... I saw a dear cousin of mine and she told me, I'm learning. I said, look, what are you learning again? Every day, where will you start enjoying your money? As for Ghanaian, we are always thinking that we'll be poor one day. So let's say for the day we'll be poor. Where will you start enjoying your money? Where, when will you change your car that is old? Where, enjoy your money. Every day school, every day course, Every day, seminar, every day, workshop, course, program, masters, two masters, PhD, double PhD, short course, top up, professional, accreditation, charter. At what point will you stop testing for academic laurels? Also, that when we write your obituary, we will list all. Is that the aim? Like for your obituary to be full. 
with pictures of your graduation from Accra Technical University to top up at Legon to masters at here to Paris University. At what point? At the point you say it is enough. You know, when my father died, uh, they did a program. I did a program. And when we finished, I saw that I wasn't on the program because we have to be democratic. My brothers also, so one read, I don't know who read the speech for my mother, the one for my brothers, one from brothers, one read it. But I looked at the text, he knew. I cannot let my father die without talking. So I did something so that at the end, I will end the program. So I don't know if I called it Thanksgiving speech. I don't even know what I called it, but at the end, I was called to go up. When I climbed the stage and I turned and I saw my father's coffin, white and gold, I said, no. Life is useless. It's more than useless. You don't know my father. Strength for strength. Opinion for opinion. Oh. One of my regrets is that my father didn't see COVID well. My father would have told me what COVID is, where it's from, and where it's going. From Dan Soman, he would tell me. <laughs> but you see, when I saw my father in the, his casket, I thought of all the things he had done. Clinics he had built, houses, man. I said, no. And at that moment, I told myself that uh, this quest for wretches, it is a useless because at the end, whether you have a hundred houses or not, you end up in this box. It's true. And I told myself, no more. <laughs> because see, there's, there's a feeling that the more you have, the better. I saw that it's not true. The less you have, the better. And I said, no. You have to start enjoying the money. The less you have, the better. Look, now it's time to write your will. Who should get what of your plenty things? I saw a man who died in Ghana. He had 400 houses. Now, how to share the houses between the two wives and their children? One said they afford their will. One said the signature is not genuine. That's when I saw that, no, the less you have, the better. Which is what Jesus Christ said. Lay not up for yourself treasures on earth. Jesus told us, so Jesus told us, don't test for things on earth. But we are test, we say, Jesus, please stand aside, Jesus. You don't do earth well, Jesus. Jesus, look, we are discussing earth. You, you say you are a spirit, so fine. You, Jesus, stand aside. I tell you, I saw that the less you have, the better. Look at most rich men, they are more depressed than poor men. Do you know the happier people in Ghana? They don't stay at Trasaco Valley. They are, they are all in Bukom. The happiest people in Ghana. They are not in East Legon. No, they are in Bukom. Even COVID can't go there. <laughs> I'm telling you. Look, give your life to Jesus. So you will never test again. He said, I am the living water. After you drank a bit of water at the great banquet, then the next thing that you are going to enjoy is the fruits. Fruits give you a balanced diet. Galatians 5 speaks of the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, you know. It's recently that in Ghana, fruits have become fruit and vegetables have become important. 
But if you are going to have a balanced diet, you must include fruits and vegetables. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. If you are going to have a good, complete life on earth, all these characteristics must be added to your life. Faith. Goodness. You see, goodness speaks of everything that is good. Everybody here knows what is good and what is bad. You know, the truth is, you don't need the word of God to even tell you what is good and what is bad. When you are doing something bad, you know it. Because there are modern sins that are not covered in the Bible. Modern sins. But you yourselves know that no, this one is not a Christian behavior. This one too is not Christian. You can argue and insult, but the conscience where the Holy Spirit dwells tells you that no, this is not good. I see you having some fruits as you come to the great banquet. Then the next thing that you are going to have as you come to the great banquet is the meat. Mm. Don't avoid red meat. Just take that white meat. <laughs> Hebrews 5.14 But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern between good and evil. What are some of the strong meats of the word of God? I don't want to go into it, but anything, what is meat? Meat is difficult to chew. Things that you grapple with. Things that you don't want to accept, but that are in the Bible. That's strong meat to you. For example, honoring a pastor. Many Christians reject the concept. Is he God? Who does he think he is? Why should we worship him? He's made himself like God. Even recently, I saw a picture of Bishop and his daughter, his biological daughter. And they are taking a picture together, beautiful picture. And she's even short and he's tall. So she was looking at her biological father. But I think somebody didn't know that that's her father. And insulted her. Ah, if you look at how she's looking at him, although he's Christ. Her father. You see, I hear you think that Facebook is bad, but I hear. That Twitter is where the action is. If you have hypertension, stay off Twitter. <laughs> yes. If or if you are giving like there's a family history of hypertension, don't do Twitter. You stay on um, even Facebook. No. Find those one we used to use a long time ago. Or uh, I began with a V on iPad. It was on iPad. Vibe, uh-huh, just stay there. Just stay there. Don't even go on Facebook. As for Twitter, they are here Twitter. People can just go. They don't know who is fighting and why. They just take water and insult and then they go off. That's all. If your father has hypertension, even send SMS so that you, you'll be okay. People grapple with the concept of honoring pastors whereas it is enshrined in the Bible. It says, honor them that have the rule over you. Obey them. The Bible says the elders who have, who have served well through their word and doctrine are worthy of double honor. Yes, you should honor them. Really insult them. But the Bible says in, in Malachi chapter 3 that if I'm the father, where is my honor? Then he now goes to speak about bringing gifts as a form of honor. 
But many Christians fight this. It's strong beat. And the Bible says that he, God, God doesn't blame you. He explains why you fight it. He said, number one, it's because you are not of full age. You are not mature. Then number two, he said that even those who by reason of use, you have not used it, you are not experienced in it, had their senses exercised. You've not exercised your spiritual senses. That's all. But when you come to the great feast, all these things are explained. You come to understand them. You come to believe them. Then you benefit from having done them. I've been to school. Oh. Maybe when you see me, maybe I don't look very educated. But I've been to school. When I was in, in, at university, I was in the top five. When I got what, one of my regrets is that I didn't take my final year, final exam. More seriously than I should have. Because I got to know that when you get 3.98 and above, the vice chancellor writes a letter to you to congratulate you. I didn't know. I would have learned harder to get 3.99 so that you write to me. I'll throw it away. Then I can announce this morning that even the vice chancellor wrote to me and I've thrown it away. I would have been so happy to make such an announcement. Yeah. Because I could have very easily. Because I graduated with 3.98 GPA, CGPA, your cumulated GPA at the end. At the point for my second year, I only got A's. If I fail, then A minus. Yes. I'm the one who is explaining to you that it is important to honor your pastor. Since I came into Lighthouse, I've honored Bishop. One day he even said that there was one, there was one of his birthdays in the whole world. Only eight people gave him a gift. I was one of the eight. The whole world. I believe it. If I tell you today that I'm poor, I've lied to you. In any form or fashion, I've lied to you. I've lied to you. Through honor, the Bible says that whatsoever a man sows, the Bible says, and God swore by himself. It means that if that Lord fails, you die. That God will die. That seed time and harvest time shall never cease. If it fails, he will die. It's true. I've honored consistently over the years. Yes. I cannot say that I've become poorer or lesser. I've only gone higher. It's true. When my father died, also, I honored my father to the end. And lot of you say, your father was a good father. Yeah, Look, my first 35 years of my father, ish. Not only was there no relationship, there was a terrible relationship. Like most of us, maybe not all, but most. Because that generation of fathers, they didn't understand playing with your children. It wasn't part of the world. Only slaps, beating, school fees paying. But I never struggled. There was never a day where my school fees was not paid. Never. Even when, when there was a famine in Ghana, there was, no food, there was always abundance of food in, at home. It's true. But then, the last seven years, ooh, they wiped out the memory of the first 35 years. The day after my father died, his sisters and his mother came to the house. And I was telling one of his sisters about how broken I was and how you know, God repaired our relationship. You know, I honored him. His birthday. Look, one of his birthdays, he invited me to come. 
that we should eat. My, my father is here, I'm here, and we are eating from the same bowl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Then his last birthday, a few, two, three months before he died, he organized a party. My mother organized a party for him. When I went there, I told my father that, oh, I'm not eating, I'm on a diet, I'm not eating rice. He looked at me and said, do you also know the diet? I will eat. Then I quickly took my plate and began to serve myself to eat. It's true. I honored him to his death. His sister was, so I was telling his sister that, you know, my father and I became very close. I was like a best friend to him. Then his sister told me that, no, don't say that. Your father said that you are like his brother, his counselor, his best friend, and that you are everything to him. That was what he said behind my back. The day he died in the hospital, when the doctors came to announce that he was dead, they told my mother to sit in the room. They told me. Then I told the doctors, I need a few moments with my father. Please. They were dressing him. I told them, I beg you. I didn't want my mother to come those type of things. So I just told the doctor that before I tell my mother, I need a few moments alone with him. So they left the room and I held my father's body. They had removed his clothes. They had just covered him with him. And I held his shoulders and I began to wail. You think God gives me man? No. I began to wail. Tears were falling down my face. Then, as I was weeping, then I heard a voice here. My stomach here. You are blessed. When I heard that voice, I said, hey, I don't know if, what I, so maybe the tears, I should cry more so that the blessings will be more. I'm telling you the truth. So I said, no. So I looked down. I said, let me cry so that the tears will fall maybe on his face. Maybe more blessings will come. But I think when that thing came, it disturbed me, then the tears stopped. But I now will try to manufacture the tears. Like, if the tears are bringing the blessings, let me cry more. <laughs> then, I wasn't sure of the voice I Then I heard another voice. I will prove it to you. We are about to go to Congo. I'll show you something there. So as I was going to Congo, I was a bit alert to see what God was going to do. Look, when I entered the Congolese airport, is one of the most nonsensical airports on earth. Nothing works according to plan. When I got down from the plane, a certain thick tall man met me. He said, are you the pastor from Ghana? I said, I almost said no, it's not me. Because I didn't know what was happening. Then I said, I was quiet, I said, why? They said, are you the pastor from Ghana? And I asked that, is there a problem? <laughs> then he said, Pastor so so and so has been has sent me to meet you at the foot of the stairs, not in Ghana, in Goma. So I said, it's me. So then he called another lady. And told her to take me to the VIP lounge. So I went to sit there. You know, as long as they said VIP lounge, I arranged my face because, you see, you shouldn't behave like you don't fit there. So I quickly arranged my face as though I'm, I was 
meant to be there. <laughs> so when I went to sit down, I began to ask questions. Oh, so what? The, oh, just relax. They are going to bring your bag. Took my passport. You should have seen my face. As though I'm the president of the country or, or something. Then I remembered my, that voice I heard. They went to put me in some hotel. I put the hotel. I said, no. Take me to the best. I can't understand what you're doing. Take me to the best hotel in Goma. Then they took me to their place, an Israeli-owned hotel. You see, I'm trying to explain to you that when you honor the person you should honor, it is for your benefit. But this strong beats. Because, you see, we are all very guarded about our money. And we are all very, uh, what's the word? We are very protective that we should not be cheated. That these pastors will cheat us. Or they want something from us. Let me not get into those things. Next. Then you are going to enjoy at a great feast. Hmm. Strong meat is that you're going to enjoy a feast of healings and miracles. You see, let me tell you something. God never brought us to worship him in order to bring us down. You enjoy healings. One day, a certain woman came to Jesus, a Samaritan woman, and said, Heal my daughter. She's sick. And Jesus said, no. Healing is, for the, is the bread of the children. He said, I've not been sent to any, like you kind of guys. Look, I've not been sent to you. I've been sent specifically to the lordship of the house of Israel. Another woman, he told them, why you don't take the children's food and give it to dogs? Many of us would have been offended. Jesus is now calling me a dog, eh? After all that I've done for Jesus, he's now referring to me as a dog. This man did not respect at all, though. Let's leave his church. But a woman responded, Even the dogs, the dogs, they eat the crowns that fall from the children's table. Jesus looked at the woman and said, Hey, you have tried, though, that you weren't offended. You can receive this word. He healed his daughter. When you come to God, it is only for your benefit. Look at all the sicknesses in the world today. Jesus heals sicknesses still. COVID. God will heal you of COVID. God will heal you of cancer. God will heal you of gynecological diseases. God will heal you of blindness. God will heal you of leukemia. God will heal you of HIV. I saw a girl. Her family applied for American citizenship in um, Gambia. But when they had to do their blood test and she did hers, she was HIV positive. So father, mother, brothers and sisters all went. And she was there. Then I went for a program there and God told me to pray for the sick. I prayed for the sick. She came. She saw all kinds of things. Then as I was praying for her, she was just crying. And then I heard a voice of God to tell her that God knows what it is and he has healed you. So I told her. Then a doctor in the church came and told me that she knows about the sickness and so on. No, I felt very sad. Then after the service, the doctor told me this, that she's the only one left in Gambia because her whole family has gone to America. Then I told the doctor that God said he has healed her. She should go and do the test again. So she did a test at a British hospital in Banjul. HIV, 
negative. When she, oh, no, no, I'm not saying it's so you clap. It happened um, 2001 December, so it's not, it's long ago. <laughs> American embassy said, no, she should go and do it at an American hospital. She went to do it, negative. As usual, we are in Africa, so they didn't believe it. She should go to the American hospital in Senegal to go and do the test again. She went there again, negative. As I speak to you, she's in America. She went in 2003. God only has a plan to heal you, save you, deliver you, medically. Look, look, if it is a miracle, God is not afraid of his miracle standing up to medical scrutiny. God will heal you of anything that you need to be healed of. Don't be afraid. That's why he said, you should just come. And finally, when you've drank, uh, when you've eaten everything, drank water, everything, and you finish eating, then there's a wine. Not Coca-Cola. Wine. Coca-Cola, very dangerous drink. It's not welcome in this building. But wine, that's why we take communion. Amen. Look at what Jesus said about the wine. In John chapter 6, verse 54, our final scripture before we close. He said, Whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Amen. Finally, you are giving the wine which also stands for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the effect of the Holy Spirit is likened to the effect of wine. When you are anointed, when you are under the Holy Spirit, there's an intoxicating effect. You will do things you will normally not do. You will believe things a normal person shouldn't believe. Like that, a virgin gave birth. Let me tell you something. If you come to me and say you're a virgin, but, you, but then you are pregnant, let me tell you something, yeah? <laughs> let me tell you something. You know, you know, let me be honest with you that I cannot, it will be difficult to impossible to believe it. One is enough. Mary, she gave it. I'll ask you if you are bringing forth the Messiah. Once the child you are bringing forth is not the Messiah, don't come and tell me that the Holy Spirit came upon you and then you are pregnant. It happened once. We believe it once. It's okay. When, when, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't even behave normally. There's another influence that guides you and controls you. And Jesus Christ said, my flesh and my blood I give to the world. That is what brings us healing. And look, it is not rational to believe the things that Christians believe. A normal person should not believe it. Take, take for instance, you believe that a human being, because Jesus rose from the dead as a human being. They were, he was standing there with his disciples, then he began to go up. That's what we believe, oh, that a human being began to go up. Reverend Eddie, stand. Please stand for me. Start going up. <laughs> no, I didn't say stand on your toes. Jesus didn't stand on his toes. The Bible said, and as he stood with his twelve, he blessed them. He began to ascend. No, ah, are, you, are you not a Christian? You are a reverend minister. How, how do you say it's not possible? No, start going up. But we believe it. Oh, and the Bible said, 
And the Bible said that as he was going up, his disciples were staring at him. As he was caught up in the clouds, so then angels appeared and told them that this man is still going up. Eh? He's going to come down the same way. This is the thing we believe, oh, that Jesus will come down in the clouds physically. And the Bible says that on the last day, the trumpet shall sound and we shall see Christ. Even if you look at the shape of the world round, how can those in Norway I mean, like, what direction will Christ appear from? That those in Norway will see him at the same time as those in South Africa. But the Bible says we shall all see him. That's not bad enough. It goes on to say that those who are alive will not prevent or will not go before those who are dead. But those who are dead shall rise first, though. about the things we believe. They shall rise from their graves and shall go into the air. From the grave to the air. Then those of us who are alive shall also join them in the air. This is what we believe. If you are not a bit intoxicated, you can't believe it. But if you are intoxicated with the Holy Spirit, you will believe this with all your heart. As though it has happened already. And I tell you, that's why the Bible says that he that comes to God, first of all, must believe. Belief is the first requirement for salvation. You must believe that God exists. And that's number two. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without being filled or having imbibed a bit of the wine of the Holy Spirit, you cannot. You see, when I got born again, I used to be judgmental of people who don't believe but as i've grown i almost understand them and i pity them it's true i i truly pity people who don't believe but i can see that it is not their fault and i can see that it's because they've not been what's the word they've not been given the ability to believe this thing it is nonsensical you can only believe it by faith that's what the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. What justifies you is your faith. By grace are you saved through faith. Like God has to help you to believe. And the help he gives is the help of the Holy Spirit. That will make you believe something that normally speaking, you shouldn't believe. I check the accountant, you believe that you will jump into the air. Your bosses in wherever your headquarters is, they shouldn't hear that you believe that you can jump into the air, into the cloud, like from air, you'll soon be in the cloud. They won't entrust you with much responsibility in the office. Because it's like a mad person. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that, see, the Bible says that the foolish things of this world, like the, the foolish things of this world, God has chosen them. Things that don't make sense. So this morning I pray for you. That as we come to the great banquet, finally, you drink of the wine of the Spirit. That you may be intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. That you may believe the thing that will make for your salvation. Because you see, the Bible says, let's listen to our feet as we close. The Bible says that and on the judgment day, because there will be a day called the judgment day, the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life. 
and whosoever's name was not found in the book of life was cast into everlasting fire where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You need to believe that there is a book in which God is recording the names of everyone who believes. If there are books on earth, there can be books also in heaven. And on earth, the books have records, records of people whose names are supposed to be in the books. When I was in the university, my final year, I was put in charge of the church. So I went a, a month ahead to fast and pray before the rest of the students came. And you know, there was registration to be done. Registration at the great hall, which makes you a student. Then, registration at the departments, which make you a student in each of the departments in the course you are doing. Then, registration in the halls, which makes you a student of the hall. Now, because I had been fasting, my mind wasn't working there, so I went to register at all my departments and in my hall very quickly so I could go back and concentrate on fasting. But I didn't register at the great hall. That makes me a student. And that year, they wanted to clamp down on people who go to work in London, America, and then come back after six weeks. So they brought a law that anybody who has not registered at the great hall by a certain deadline has to defer his academic year. Now, here am I in my over-righteousness. I've gone to quickly, the first day registration started, I went to register in all the departments and in all the hall, but not in the great hall. So, in my zeal, after three weeks, the rest of the students came. Then I saw one of my members holding a computer sheet and looking sad. And I asked her, why are you looking so sad? She said she went to register, but they turned her down that the deadline is passed. I said, oh, which registration are you talking about? Which deadline? I mean, I've registered everything and I didn't do this computers. <laughs> the person I was concerned about now became concerned for me. She said, you have not registered at the, you've not done the computer. I said, oh, no. It is not necessary. So now I have to be using justification to cool myself down. I said, oh, it is not necessary to register. No, you have to register at the hall. And she said, no. Then she explained to me that if you've not registered at the great hall, then you are not even a student. Before you go and register at the department. Because they saw that the department people, there can be ways and means there. But the computer, yeah, you can't cheat the computer. So I said, no, it's not true. I've registered at the department and the hall. Then she said, I what she looked at me and said, Elder Toss, you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> because the deadline was passed. So I began to sweat a little, but I didn't let her see it. So she said, no, if you don't have the computer, then I'm advising you, go immediately to the great hall. But it was around 5 p.m. The next morning, eh, I was there before the cleaners at the great hall. I was there before the cleaners. When they opened the place, I went, look, they, I've never experienced such mockery in my life. That was my first introduction to humility, that great hall thing. Because everybody can say, ah, like what you are saying sounds true. Then one person will come, 
Why were you working with some girls? And that's why you forgot to register. You know, at that point, that's not the part to say, oh no, how, how, how have you talked to me that way? Who do you think you are? Do you know who I am? No, say, oh, please, I wasn't talking to any girl. <laughs> For about three weeks, every day, I'll be in the great hall. Look, I beg the cleaners, I beg the doormen, gardeners, anybody, maybe in case somebody knows somebody who can help me. And so one day, a certain guy chose to favor me. He said he would register me that day. But before then, one of my church colleagues, he also had a problem. He didn't register, but because he didn't have money to pay. So he told me that he has seen a way we can register, but if we can prove that we were on admission in the hospital, then they'll register us because I mean you were on admission. That's why you didn't come. When I thought about it, I said, look, me, my father is a doctor. Since we are growing up, all our family friends are doctors. I can even bring medical reports to say that I died and I came back to life. I can come All the doctors in Kodebu, I can say, they can say that I died and I was in coma with the oxygen thing and then I have now come. But I said that if I do this thing, it will mean that the rest of my life will be based on a lie. And every time I stand behind the pulpit, I'll be there because I lied. I said, I can't do this. I can't do this thing. I'll continue to beg. Satan cannot help me to preach. So I continued to beg. And he went for a medical um, report from a hospital in Dansoma. I don't want to mention the name. That he was on admission. I am happy to announce to you that they, at the end, they didn't register him. <laughs> they deferred him one year and me I met a guy and then he said I'll help you even the late registration fee didn't let him pay I, I brought the money to him in, in, in Ghana I showed it here he said you hold the money when we finish you will pay when I face it it's okay and the guy who went to lie brought the medical report sometimes I said no we won't register you Happened to me. So you see, I came to tell you this morning that uh, let us put all, all our trust and hope in God. God has no evil intentions for us. None at all. That's why the popular hymn writer says, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pay we make. It is needless. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You are the problem. It is you're not going to God that is the problem. The psalmist said, Those who are far from God shall still be far from Him. But as for me, my nearness to God or the nearness to God for me is for my good. That's why God is inviting you to the great banquet. There will be milk for you to drink, that will help you to grow, there will be strong meat. That will build you up and provide protein for you. There will be bread. That will be carbohydrates for you to grow well. There will be the fruits of the spirit to give you a balanced diet. There will be different things. And then there will be water for you to drink to cleanse your system. And then there will be wine. You know, research has proven that red wine helps, number one, in longevity. 
They've proven that those who drink red wine live longer than those who don't drink red wine. I didn't say go and drink. Don't say that. Don't say I love this church. Today, I'm the best pastor in Ghana. I, I don't drink. The only time I drink red wine is when we are having communion. It helps in longevity. In France, in Italy, they drink red wine all the time. That's why when this coronavirus came, they were dying plenty, but they are all 82, 92. How many 82-year-olds are in Ghana? 104. They are now dying because they drink red wine a lot. It has polysaccharides in it. That helps in heart health. Cleanses the arteries of clots and um, things in the heart. It helps in anti-inflammations, in curing cancer, full of antioxidants, red wine, which is the blood of Jesus. This is what God is inviting you to. God has no evil plan for you. I want to stamp it on your heart that there is no evil in God. He said, come. What do you get when you come? Rest. I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon me and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly enough. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, I have come. That you might have life and have it more abundantly. Only good things will happen to you in Christ. That is what you are being invited to. Revelation 22, 17, he says that. And the spirit of the bride say, come. And all you who are thirsty, come. Come and drink freely of the water of life. Pray for yourself as we come to the end of the service. Ask God for an opportunity to benefit from his banquet in the name of Jesus. It is for your benefit. He said, those whose feet are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish, shall flourish, shall flourish. Lift up your hands, surrender your life to God. Surrender your life to God. He said, as for me, the nearness of God to me is for my good. The nearness of God to me is for my good. It is good for you to approach the Lord and to dwell in his presence. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. When the Lord becomes your shepherd, you shall not want. He will lead you beside green pastures. He will lead you beside still waters. He will restore your soul. He will lead you in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake, even when you take yourself through the valley of the shadow of death, because he is your shepherd, you shall fear no evil. He will prepare a table before you, even in the presence of your enemies. Goodness and mercy shall also follow you all the days of your life until you dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Everything about God is structured for your good. May you be blessed by the bread of life. May you be blessed by the water that Jesus gives. May you be blessed by the strong meat that he gives. May you be blessed by the fruits of the Spirit. May you respond to this great invitation. May you respond to his invitation, to his great banquet. Accept God this morning. Accept him into your life. Make him your Lord and Savior. Commit your life to him. Hallelujah. And with every head bowed and with every eye closed. Someone invited you to church this morning. But you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to be born again. I want to receive Jesus 
as my Lord and personal Savior. I want to respond to this great invitation to attend this banquet. I want to commit my life to God. I've heard everything that you said. I want to be part of the banquet. If you are here this morning like that, stand wherever you are and just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Somebody invited you. Just lift up your right hand wherever you are. Receive this great invitation. Don't turn your back on God. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. All you need to do is to respond to him. The nearness of God to you will be for your good. It will only turn out for good for you. Lift up your right hand and let us pray. And then we will close and go home. If you are here and you've lifted up your hand, please do one more thing. Please come to me in front. I want us to pray together in front before you go home. Come, if you lifted up your hand, please, please come to the front. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. already born again but you want to rededicate your life to God please join us in front also we pray once and then we go home you want to rededicate your life to God maybe you've gone away from God there are all moments there are moments in which we go away from God because we are human and we fail and we fall but he said whosoever comes to me I will not reject if you are here you want to rededicate your life to God Join us in front. I am also rededicating my life to God this morning. It is important. Hallelujah. I want us to pray this prayer together. But I feel there are some people who should come. You see, Jesus Christ said that whosoever will be ashamed of me, I also will be ashamed of him. I want you to come if you feel in your heart that maybe you are the one I'm speaking to. I want you to leave your seat and come. Make a public declaration of your faith in God before we close and go home. Is there anyone here like that before we close? I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. Let us pray together. I want the rest of the congregation to join us. Say, Lord Jesus, this morning, I come to you just as I am. Please forgive me of my sins. I confess that I'm a sinner. I come to you just as I am. Wash me with the blood of Jesus. Holy Spirit, please come and live in me and help me, strengthen me to live the life of a Christian. Say, Heavenly Father, please write my name in your book of life so that when I die, I will come to heaven. In the name of Jesus, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I commit all of us into your hands, especially those who have responded to your invitation to come to your banquet. May each of them benefit from the blessings that come from a relationship with you. I commit them into your hands. Let their names be inscribed in the palm of your hand, that none of them would be lost, and that the enemy will be unable to pluck any of them from your hand. Your word says that no one can come to you except you draw them to yourself. So I thank you for the great salvation that they and we are all experiencing, witnessing this morning. 
I thank you that on the judgment day, their names shall be found, as our names shall be found in the book of life. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray with thanksgiving. Now let the Holy Spirit come and rest upon their lives. Make them new creatures. Let Christ be formed in them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please go with our pastor. He'll talk to you for two minutes and give you a gift. And then you'll join us again. clapping for them Bible says that there is great joy in heaven for one sinner who repents let's take our seats as we end the service if you are here for the first time you are welcome to church amen I want us to take our tithe at this time if you bought your tithe please stand to your feet please Come to the front if you brought your tithe. Hallelujah. Today is also our founders. We are celebrating our founders' birthday as well. Amen. It's a blessed Sunday. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for my brothers and my sister as they honor you with their tithe. I pray that your word concerning the tither will come to pass in their lives. Please open the windows of heaven. Pour them out blessings that they will not have room enough to contain it. Now I lift them up before you, asking that their barns will be full and their wine presses will overflow with new wine, as your word says. Thank you for these and many other blessings that come to them as they tithe and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together for them. Hallelujah. Take out a good offering as we close. Hallelujah. Well, maybe for a few seconds, one minute, two minutes, I want us to stand to our feet and pray for our father, our founder, Bishop Dag. He was Mills on his, his birthday was on the 14th of May on Friday. We want to pray for him that God will keep him. Paul instructed that he pray for us that the word of God might have free course in our lives and that through your prayers we will receive a liberality of the spirit we want to pray for him that the word of god will be preached through him throughout the world we want to pray for him for long life he prays for us all the time on his birthday it is a good thing for us to pray for him also in jesus name i'm sure you all know all that's going on on social media we also want to pray for him that God will strengthen him and encourage him. You know, when Michael Jackson died, it was said that one of the reasons why he had so many emotional and psychological problems was the pressure upon him from social media and the media and all those kinds of things. 
You see, a, a man of God at his best is still a man. We are all subject to nobody. How many of you here like to be insulted? Like you enjoy it or you are okay with it? Huh. So let's pray for him. No, it's through him that we that this ministry exists. God used them to birth this ministry. So let's also pray for him as his children that God will encourage him, God will strengthen him. Lift up your voice and pray in the name of Jesus. Pray for him. Any prayer that you think is good for him, pray for him. That God will strengthen him, give him long life. We are just praying for a few seconds. That the perfect will of God will be done in his life. That God will strengthen him with might in his spirit. That what God wants to use him for will not be truncated or shortened. But he will fulfill his ministry and he will be faithful to God in his generation. Pray for him, for his health, that God will strengthen him, that as his days are, so shall his strength be. In the name of Jesus, continue praying for him, that his ministry will grow bigger, that the Lord will expand his territory. In the name of Jesus, that you also will be a partaker of his grace, that whatever blessing God has put in him, even by your stepping here, even if you never come here again, you will be a partaker of it in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice, pray for him, that goodness and mercy shall follow him all the days of his life. Pray for him, that his eyes shall see his desires come to pass in the name of Jesus. That God will use him to take more territories in the realm of the Spirit. Raise up more children faithful and loyal sons and daughters in the name of Jesus that through him you will be blessed pray for yourself that through him you will be blessed the Bible says that in thy light we shall see light lift him up that God will strengthen him that he will not be affected by the accusation Turn to the left or to the right from following the Lord. That the goodness of God will be his portion. Pray to God that God will lift him higher. Pray to God that God will lift him higher. That the united denominations will go from strength to strength. Trying to strengthen in the name of Jesus. Listen, the Bible says that for we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, who are the called according to his purposes. You want to pray for him at this time? that all that is happening will work together for good. That whatever God wants to produce, Jesus Christ said, except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it dies, it bringeth forth much fruit. Lift up your voice, pray for him. That this season will work together for good and bring forth much fruit in the name of Jesus. This is the last prayer and then we close. Lift up your voice, pray. 
Let it work together for good. Let it work together for good in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We honor your holy name. We honor your holy name. Pray for Bishop. He has prayed for us for years that there will be a liberality of the spirit supply. Liberality. That the spirit will be given to him in an increased measure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that you blessed us with Bishop Daghiwad Mills. You said that when you ascended on high, you gave gifts unto men. And the gifts you gave to men were men. Some were men who were apostles. Some were men who were prophets. Some were men who were evangelists. Some were men who were pastors. Some were men who were teachers. We thank you that the gifts you give are men. And we thank you for the gift of Bishop Dag Heward Mills that you've given to us as our pastor, as our shepherd, as a father to us. Who has brought forth this ministry? We pray for him on his birthday. As you add one more year to his life, we pray that as his days are, so shall his strength be. Add many more years to his years that he may see good in them and he may see your blessing in them. Withhold not from him anything that is good, but let your blessings and the liberality of the Spirit rest upon him. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together as you take your seats? Let's take out a good offering as we close. The Bible says that the liberal soul shall be made fat. He said, cast your bread upon the waters and thou shalt receive it after many days. He said, I have seen one that gives and yet he increases. And I have seen another who withholds more than his meat and it has a mysterious way of turning into poverty. I want to encourage you to give. Ah, you have some gifts for you. You know, when you go to a rich man's party, you know, I'm a Nigerian. When you go to a Nigerian's party, he gives you gifts. It's in Ghana that when you go for a party, you eat, and then when you are going home, they, you give a gift. But in Nigeria, when you finish eating, then they give you a gift to go home. Yes. So today we have a gift for everybody who came. So it's a gift of one of the books by Bishop Dagwood Mills. If the ashes could quickly. I need some help so that within 60 seconds, all the books should be given out. Reverend, I'm here. Just start from here. Everybody should help their pastors, their lady pastors, help. There's no, there's no one here, Jesslyn. There's no one here. Be blessed by it. May you read it and in the quietness of your home. That's his birthday gift to you. Amen. Beautiful. 
Is there anyone who has not gotten a book? Everybody must get. If you know someone who is supposed to be here and is not here, you can even take one for the person. There is no lack or need here. Has everyone gotten? Is there anyone who has still not gotten? Oh, all Pastor Phillips, all here. Each of the books is each of the books is 50 Ghana CDs. It's being given to you free as a gift. And when you go down, you can just pass through the gallery to just have an overview of the ministry. It's going to be a blessing for you. Jacob, so it should be open, the gallery. You can just go in, have a tour downstairs and you'll be blessed. Beautiful. Take out an offering as we close to say thank you for inviting me to the banquet. The great banquet. Hallelujah. We are offerings to build church buildings in the western region of Ghana. Takwa, Takwa, Sekendi. We are building 60 church buildings there. Three cathedrals, three cathedrals in Sekendi, two cathedrals in Takwade, two cathedrals in Takwa, and several smaller buildings all over the place. That's what your offerings are being used for. I'm just explaining to you so that you say, ah, why are they taking offering? They are using to build church buildings. You want to build a house, you should also build a house for God. One pastor said that when you build a house for God, God will build a house for you. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he repent. The steel has been cleared for the church building. We buy the church building from China. Like the whole church building is bought. The doors, pillars, everything is bought. So when you can just assemble them like Lego. So that is far cheaper, almost half, almost half the cost of building the way we build it. So we can build more. That's what your offerings are used for. Amen. Lift up your offering, let us pray. Look, look at wait. Look at your offering. If you cannot build the church building, <laughs> if your offering, Sean, the way you are laughing, I'm suspecting that your offering can buy and uh, yours can buy water for the workers. Okay. Lift up your offering, let us pray. Father, we thank you that we are involved in the building of church buildings for your house. Your word says in Luke chapter 7 that the centurion was worthy and he deserved a miracle because he loved your nation and had built them a synagogue. Let everyone giving this morning be deserving of miracles because they are joining in the building of church buildings for the housing of your people and the worship of your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen.